0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Around the Corner podcast, talking all things prospects in the Cleveland Guardian system. Uh, I'm your co-host, Brian Heminger, and joining me today, as always, is my fellow co-host, Matt Schlichting. Matt, how are you doing? Good. Well, even. Ooh. As you should. uh, It has been a very exciting two weeks in the Cleveland Guardians minor league system. A lot of interesting action going on. Uh, All the teams are playing well. We've Mm -hmm. had some serious uh, standout performances by some of the top prospects. Some movement now in the system uh, as we're getting ready to start the half season's uh, coming up this uh, this week. So uh, it's it's an exciting time right now.
1: Yes, it is. And we have a party, I think, here right at the top, uh, taking you through statistics of the top 10 players as voted on by covering the corner readers. Brian, who's number one and what did he do? Well,
0: as always, George Valera is the number one prospect in the system. And he, in the last two weeks, put up a211wrc plus he he slashed 350 with a 395 on base percentage and a ridiculous 775 slugging i mean that's ruth eskian right there
1: um, it's disgusting
0: it's frankly it's what he's capable of because we mentioned he had gone two straight podcasts in a row which was one full month or 4 weeks of slightly below average And we're just like, come on, George, you know, we're, you know, hopefully this is as bad as it gets. And, you know, show us some signs of why you're number one. This is why he's number one, at least in terms of position players.
1: Oh, it's one of the most outstanding weeks we've seen so far out of any player. And boy, did he flip some bats along the way. (laughs) But one of, I know we talk about his bat flips maybe too often if it's possible to do so. But this one... He crunches the ball and he just stands there. And then he flips the bat all the way across lands, maybe 10 feet on the other side of the the hitting circle. Is there mm-hmm. a better word for that? <laughs> that works. Um, I feel like there's a specific term, but oh, well glorious. Uh, the arc, launched it. Yeah. It flips like exactly three and a half times before it tumbles to the turf. It's beauty. I mean, Mwah. just looking at
0: the stats, in nine games, he hit five home runs, had two doubles, 17 runs batted in. In nine games. Uh, I know that RBIs are like a joke statistic. It doesn't matter. But when you produce that many runs, when you are responsible, that is ridiculous.
1: He scored 10 runs, too. So I've sort of started to swing back a little bit on RBIs, where it's they're not a predictive statistic by any means. Like, it's not representative of a guy's talent. But if he plated 17 runs, they all counted. So it tells you what he did and I how think valuable my, he's been. My
0: perception of RBIs has, how much I care about it has more to do with the fact that Jose Ramirez is leading Major League Baseball in RBIs. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, you know what? RBIs aren't so bad after all.
1: It seems like every time he has a chance to drive one in, now he does it. And hey, if Valera wants to follow suit, by all means. Yeah, and in those five games, he struck out
0: five times and walked three times. So very, very manageable uh, strikeout rate of 11%. So uh, just sensational performance. I mean, this is this is the type of thing that makes people you know drool when they think about what this guy's capable of at the major league level. Because we just don't have that in our outfield. It just does not exist right now. Like we have some good contact hitters in the outfield. We have guys that can get on base, but we don't have guys that can just hit majestic bomb after majestic bomb.
1: There is a chance for him to be a bona fide MVP caliber slugger. If he can be put on a player, but yeah. that's the talent ceiling yeah. that, that he clearly possesses. Yeah. We'll see I, I, The main
0: thing at this point is just getting that consistency because he can do this for a two week stretch, but he, as we saw, he went a month of below average before that. So we just need him to level it out a little bit <laughs> and and be, instead of maybe 211 for, for a hot streak, then maybe just be
1: 150 all the time. Why not <laughs> for WRC plus? I wonder if someone has a, assuming a WRC plus of 84 a month and then 200 for half a month. Like what that would average out for yeah it's kind of like the would you take a guy who strikes out in every at-bat except for the 90 home runs
0: <laughs> i
1: mean we can figure it out what all you gotta do is get his wrc for the last six weeks <laughs> sure but that would require some manual effort and someone listening at home probably already found it out in their head and i, I feel mean like i've bashful. already done it on fan graphs so well what was it then brian
0: <laughs> it was, I was just chewing time. <laughs> One twenty-three. Okay,
1: dating back to April twenty-first. Yeah, so that does flatten out quite a bit more. But that's still uh, this is where him being at double A, etc., sort of warps things when we're trying to use the lead grade stats, etc. I guess. Mm. Boy, does he sure pass the eye test? Either way, yes yes. So
0: I can't wait to see more of him. He's going to get promoted to AAA at some point, probably after the all-star break for AA, which he will most certainly participate in, and maybe even the Futures game. So it's an exciting time. It's an exciting time. So but let's move on. We've got
1: other top prospects. Brian Rocchio, how did he do this past uh, week? He slashed a respectable 233, 313, 326 for a WRC plus of 81. He smacked six singles and four doubles, scoring six times, four runs batted in, four walks, struck out nine times—not too terrible. Managed to reach an additional time with a hit by pitch and stole a couple bags. So, playing a very good defensive shortstop as well. Keep that in mind. So, while we look at these hitting statistics and go, "Murr," he is playing a premium defensive position at an elite level.
0: Did you mark his errors? How do you know he played great defense? I've seen
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> I've. This is. I could provide evidence if necessary. I'm actually not sure how many errors he's committed, but from everything I've heard, the glove and arm and everything projects to be above average defensively at the major league level, should he stay on that path. (coughs) Unless something has changed in the evaluation recently, but.
0: Next up, we've got uh, yet another young player in a certain Tyler Freeman, who started slow when he came back from injury. Then in our last podcast, he was uh, very good, like above average good. And it looks like he came back down to earth a little bit here.
1: It was a little bit of a trickier week for Mr. Freeman. He slashed 195, 313, 293. He did not use his magic quite as often to reach base by hit by pitch. He
0: only did it twice. The thing that stands out to me, honestly, 10 strikeouts, which is pretty high, very high for him. I mean, typically he is like 10% or lower on the strikeout rate. So I'm almost certain that during this last stretch of two weeks that he has made a, a concerted effort to just get deeper into counts and see more pitches per at bat. Like I honestly think that that almost has to have been what's what's been happening, because you're because you're, you're, it's yeah it, you're getting um, more strikeouts, which which is going to happen when you have deeper counts and way more walks. So that's my guess, at least.
1: We then move along to the kind of sad, depressing section of our top ten, <laughs> in which there are three injured players. It's about to get better though.
0: I have it on good authority that Daniel Espino should be resuming his spot in the rotation within this week. So even though Espino hasn't pitched for, I think, three weeks now, it seems like it was more precautionary than anything, and he is ready to resume just
1: embarrassing hitters. I am not mad if they're being careful at bringing pitchers back from injury.
0: and. I don't know if you've been paying attention to MLB Pipelines Top 100, but Daniel Espino is now. Ha- have you heard anything about this before I start talking about it? I was out west
1: traveling for most okay. of the last week and a half. So, so I was MLB
0: Pipeline s- updated its Top 100. Daniel Espino moved up forty point forty spots. That's t- several. He is Maybe now even many. Number 11 prospect in all of baseball. ooh, The second best pitcher in all of baseball behind only Grayson Rodriguez, who was like one of the number one overall picks and he's in the Orioles system and he's in AAA right now getting ready to make his major league debut soon. So by the end of the season, Daniel, if it stays the way it's going, Daniel Espino will be the number one pitching prospect in all of baseball.
1: That is quite a jump from them for him. And they talked about how
0: completely devastating he's been to opposing hitters and the 11 strikeouts in a row to start a game. uh, Just the things that he's been doing as a young, very young double-A pitcher. They are just as excited about him now. It it all finally caught up, basically. Like, we've been on him for a while and everyone else is starting to realize.
1: I think that the awareness of his I guess it feels weird to say tools about a pitcher, kind of, but how hard he throws, what he's able to do with some of his pitches was there. But like, you're in addition to everything catching up, he's sort of put it all together for long enough now that guys are like, I mean,
0: Ooh. just just imagine a starting pitcher that throws as hard as Emmanuel Classe, I mean, for a full game
1: <laughs> when he's healthy, yeah. Jacob Degrom's pretty good. <laughs> yeah,
0: and that's what Espino can do.
1: It's exciting. Like, yeah, I guess when you talk about that kind of velocity for a whole game, it changes everything.
0: So Espino will be back very soon, so that's great news. And then in terms of Gabriel Arias, I don't know when he'll be back, but he is already swinging a bat. There was a video posted of him uh, at, I think, in Arizona, but... Uh, he was doing batting practice off of a, a machine. I mean, he is already swinging a bat hard, like just as if he's a regular, you know, player. So the the hand slash wrist injury that he had that is a great sign because that's that's one of the last things that you're really going to be testing when you have that type of injury. Live
1: pitching is next. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yep. And as I mentioned before, the Nolan Jones soon Instagram was about two weeks ago. So, and he should be coming. I mean, at this point, they traded away Daniel Johnson. Oscar Gonzalez has been promoted to the the big league club. Richie Palacios has been promoted to the big league club. They're making room. So,
1: man, Nolan Jones is going to be in that Columbus outfield very shortly. I'll tell you what, though. Can you imagine asking us three years ago if we thought Gonzalez and Palacios would beat Jones to Cleveland? What we... I think we would have both gone, are you nuts? That's I would not Mullen have been Jones.
0: surprised about Palacios because, I mean, he was almost a double A the year we drafted him because he was a college bat, so they fly through the system a lot faster.
1: And I think this is less a knock on Jones than it is how well those guys played, but it just goes to show there's there's a lot of uncertainty when it comes to prospects, man. Yes, there is. There absolutely is. But
0: Hey, I still think that Jones makes his debut with the Big League Club at some point this year. Just got to stay healthy, got to get some reps, and got to be able to prove he can hit AAA. And eat baseballs every day, every single day. But yes, Jones should be in shortly. I don't know when. I, I haven't seen like a a day that he's expected to be back. But I mean, he wouldn't be posting a soon thing on Instagram if he was two months out. I would think. <laughs> so
1: that would that would just be trolling him. Come on, he's better than that. Time is relative, man. Uh, (laughs) Next up, we have Mr. Logan T. Allen, who experienced... His first struggle. This has really been his
0: first stretch where he has not pitched particularly great. Now, he is still striking people out, but I think he is now on a three-start stretch where he has not... Pitched particularly well. Like, none of those three starts in a row. And in his two starts this past week, um, he went a total of 10 innings pitched and gave up eight earned runs on 16 hits. The good news, uh, 12 strikeouts. So, I mean, he's still whiffing guys. And you see, he's got no problem uh, getting guys out by strikeout. But he has been far too hittable.
1: Yeah, we pimped his peripherals a little bit last... Fortnite. i don't think there's any escape for him this time he got hit
0: speaking of getting hit uh gavin williams who is almost certainly going to be exploding up in our top 10 rankings the next time that we updated he had two starts and he was sensational but in his last start he was struck by a line drive and had to leave the game uh it hit him in his non-pitching wrist So right below the glove. Um, And he had to leave the game, but the good news was, as far as I've heard, all MRIs and everything was negative, and it looks like he's about, he will be making his next scheduled start. So not even missing one. So no trip to the injured list. And in the meantime, he has just been unbelievable. Um, In those two starts, he went eight and a third innings, shortened because of the Getting hit by the line drive, but in those eight and a third innings, struck out fourteen batters, walked three,
1: gave up one run. So
0: he Pretty is great. still
1: amazing, absolutely incredible. Yeah, and he he is, I think, just missing our best from around the system this yeah. week. And if if he hadn't had to leave that start early, I think he probably would have yeah, been one of but our top We've got actually four really good pitchers this week, but more on that to come. Yeah, it's,
0: it's, it's a really exciting time right now in Cleveland's system in terms of pitching because we've got some of those just elite guys like Williams and Espino that could be aces, and we've got so many other guys that could step in on a moment's notice and pitch well, I think. Like, we have so many guys like Pilkington that... Went out today and pitched five shutout innings with eight strikeouts. We have a lot of pitchers in our
1: system that can do that. I think it's a great problem it's a, to have it's a too, really because good problem to have. I think the additional pressure it puts on everyone in the system motivates them that much more. Yeah,
0: because you know, with Savali being hurt and Zach Playsect still really trying to find himself, uh, there's more and more pressure every day on our current rotation uh, to perform because. Those super stud pitchers, they are coming. They are coming soon. Oh, and Pilkington just earned another look for sure. Absolutely. I mean, I've liked Pilkington all season. I mean, he scared me a little bit with, you know, some of the early walks in his starts, uh, dancing around trouble, but I mean he has legit major league stuff. Yeah. And to think that we got him for a half season rental of Cesar Hernandez. <laughs> <laughs> They're good at this. And meanwhile, Chicago's out. You know, DFAing Dallas keichel So, oops. Yeah, they probably would have loved to have Pilkington
1: right now. Well, they don't. Meanwhile, John Kensey Noel around or no? Richie Palacios is next yes. at number nine, and he's who is been, a major leaguer. Yep, he is on the Cleveland roster. So he technically played some AAA games this time, but I think it was three. But if he goes. Okay, he yeah he he only back went back down again. for like
0: a game or two before they called him right back up. Yeah um, and had a nice game today. I think he started today and had two hits, including an RBI single.
1: so that's not something RBI you send double, someone so. down for. Good job, Richie Palacios. So now we can properly introduce Jimckenzie Noel. How yeah, did he do? He,
0: he was on the struggle bus hard uh, in his two weeks. He slashed 196, 229, 304. That is just not going to cut it. Had one home run and two doubles. So, I mean, he did still get a few extra base hits, but that's just not the type of production
1: you're looking for for the best power hitting bat in the system. Yeah, he needs to hit the ball a lot so far. There are concerns. A little bit, yes.
0: But the power the power does exist. it just needs to show itself a little bit more because he he hit at this level last year, so like the fact that he is not like significantly better than everyone else at his level right now, at least in terms of season production, it's a little concerning like the strikeout rate is a little concerning, and uh just the lack of contact like last year he was to like upper three hundreds as a, as a power hitter. I mean, that, that is so exciting. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just Bapit, it was because he was torching the ball. I mean, uh, he still is hitting a lot of home runs. I think he is still tops in the system in home runs. He's at like 10 or 11, I think on the season, which is great, but that seems to be the only thing right now like he's just not making enough solid contact and he's striking out too much.
1: It feels Although the strikeout rate sadness. yeah.
0: The strikeout rate wasn't terrible. It's just if you're not going to strike out that much you need to be making better contact when you aren't. So or you need to be walking more. If uh they're they're afraid to pitch to you, you got to stop chasing, too. So I blame yeah.
1: the moon. <laughs> I think once the moon stops what it's doing, and it knows Then Noel will be fine. Knock it off, Moon. How dare you, Moon. This brings us to the top five from the entire system. And I didn't drop stats for two of the guys in here, because we're going to talk about them a little later still. So you just got the double T's, buddies. Uh, But eh, George Valera, duh. He slugged 775. (laughs) What are we supposed to do?
0: (laughs) When... When your uh, WRC plus starts with a number other than one, it, yeah, it's you're gonna be
1: on the top five for the week. As long as it's still a number, especially because is this a... is
0: over a stretch of two weeks, like that makes
1: it even crazier. It signifies blorking some snoots for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am such a big fan of George Walker, so can't wait to see more of him.
0: Uh, moving on.
1: Um, are we going to mention the stats here or do we want to wait? Well, let's let's call out the names and then we'll hit the stats in the cupboard. Okay,
0: but yes, we have a pair of corner covered guys—guys that we picked earlier in the year as our non-top twenty players that we thought deserved more attention. And both of our pitchers uh, were top five for the week. Look at that! Yeah, Will Dion for me and. Uh, a certain Jack Leftwich for you. So we will get more into their stats when we get to the corner-covered section of the podcast. But uh, two extremely impressive pitching performances. So moving on, we have even more impressive pitching
1: performances. So I attempted to pronounce this man's name earlier before we a recording, and I flubbed it. And I'm sensitive to this, so I will allow you to do it. Oh, come on, you fine. can do it. It's easy. I can't this remember. Just close right
0: off the tip of the tongue. Just Andrew Masayasek. Andrew you Yeah. All right. Isn't that easy? Just it how it now. looks. But uh, he has been, I would say, the most consistent uh, reliever in the system this year. Um, just flat-out dominant. I mean, he, he started the year, I think, on just a crazy scoreless inning streak. Um, and during these past two weeks, um, he pitched six and two thirds innings, struck out eight, allowed one run, uh, had a couple walks, just, it wasn't even his best two weeks. It's just, we're more putting him in here to give him proper respect for what he's been doing for the whole season.
1: Yeah. It's, it's hard to grab a reliever at the right time, if that makes sense. And he's, I believe had a few multi-inning appearances at this point as well so he's been he's he's a fun player this wasn't his best week and it's still great so you bet he's in here
0: yeah i mean for the entire season his era is 0.68 it's it's almost nice and he struck out 42 batters in 26 innings
1: which is silly yeah
0: i mean he has been dominant absolutely dominant um, and that's over 14 games, so he's pitching about two innings per appearance. It's uh, interesting he, how
1: they've been using him.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan, and he's done it all at Double A too. So last year he was in Double A for one game. So uh, this 30? is basi- this is basically his first taste of Double A, and he is. Fly, uh, you know, shining colors right well, now.
1: We have seen players start in AA and then end up on the Major League roster kind of unexpectedly by the end of the season. So I'm not suggesting that he's bound for that, but keep an eye out. If what, he keeps what, pitching this well, there's crazy, no reason to not start promoting him.
0: What's crazy for me is that he has been able to do this as an extremely low draft pick. Like, I'm talking possibly the lowest round draft pick that is currently in Cleveland system because his round doesn't even exist anymore. Like they only do 20 rounds now like that. That was the new negotiated uh, list. And uh, he was a 32 round draft pick in 2019. Hey,
1: hey, hey. I can think of one guy. But there's so, Oh, maybe Tully. No, oh, we'll talk about him later. It turns out.
0: Okay. uh but yeah uh, i mean fangraphs likes him uh you know even entering this season where he is clearly having his best season that he's ever had they had him on their list of top 48 prospects in cleveland system and highlighted his high strikeout rate he has an elite slider um throws low to mid 90s they think that he's a guy that could uh, do a lot of uh, bulk middle innings. But if he keeps this up, he might be getting some higher leverage
1: situations. Yeah. He is a little away. older. He does. Yeah, he's he seems, 24. He gives up a little bit harder contact. But like if he continues to strike out this many guys and walk that few, you're right. It doesn't matter. And he doesn't seem to give up home runs. So, I mean, if they're just line drives, you can kind of live with that. Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah, great job for Mr. Uh, Messiahsek. Yeah. And then our fifth and final uh, top five for the week is a returnee. Somebody that you may have forgotten about. uh, Joey Cantillo. Joey! (laughs) Uh, Mr. Cantillo, if you remember, uh, was one of the top pitching prospects that we got back in the Mike Clevenger trade. And, um, you know, people, you know, are all they seem to remember are the other players that are currently on the Cleveland roster like Owen Miller and Cal Quantrill and Austin Hedges or Gabriel Arias, who is, you know, one of our top prospects. Uh, You know, Joey, he was a top prospect too. It's just he got hurt last year and didn't really play, but there's a reason that he was a top prospect and over his last two games uh, in the past two weeks, he went nine innings Two hits, one walk, 15 strikeouts.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And this, people were upset at the time of the trade that Cleveland didn't get back uh, any immediate help. And if I recall correctly, I'm sure receipts are out there, but I said something to the effect of, well, I think these guys are going to be pretty good. So wait, and you'll think of this trade a lot differently. It hasn't taken long. <laughs> <laughs> that th- this the
0: Clevenger trade has been so much better than the Bauer trade, like, um, leaps and bounds. Because
1: I, the Clevenger trade is shaping up to be one of the worst of all time. I think I'm not kidding.
0: Yeah, because right now you know Owen Miller, middle of the lineup. You've got Cal Quantro, one of the best starting pitchers in baseball since the All Star break last year. Yeah, and then um, uh, Arias, one of the top. Uh, Middle infield prospects in the system. I think, what number f- four or five in our system.
1: So um, for a guy with character issues, who was inconsistent, though elite went on. We may have gotten two starting quality pitchers and two middle of the order bats who can play multiple positions. Yep, plus, plus a, a catcher,
0: plus Austin Hedges, who has you know been a steady, reliable uh, option. I mean, not a good hitter, but but oh, about a free everything coach. else.
1: Yeah. Like do not underestimate the value of a free coach on the roster, I guess. Tito I think, loves those guys for one think, and two. I th- they, I really do think they matter.
0: I think we got Victor Nova in that trade too. He was a <laughs> double A too. Did
1: we did, we gave up someone else in addition to Clevenger, didn't we? Uh, right? Greg Allen. Okay. Well, sorry Greg. Yeah. We sung your praises once, but I guess you didn't <laughs> you weren't quite as airworthy as we thought perhaps. Oh. We did get somebody else
0: in that trade. How did I forget about this one? Josh Naylor.
1: <laughs> like I said, it so appears we got, that that might have been one of the best for Cleveland, but one of the worst trades of all time already. So right. we got
0: Cal Quantrill, Josh Naylor, Owen Miller, Gabriel Arias, and uh, Joey Cantillo for Mike Levander.
1: I don't understand how they do it. <laughs> Like they have to call and go, I'm going to fleece you guys. Are you ready? And then the GMs laugh and they laugh and they give up middle of the order bats.
0: (laughs) So, but as we mentioned, you know, the Bauer trade, on the other hand, was not nearly as uh, impressive. In the end, all we have left from that is basically Framiel Reyes. So, I mean, Reyes has been good and he is at least potentially a part of the the Cleveland system and organization for at least another like three years, so at least there we've are, got that. But there
1: are also some trades for which you're a winner no matter what because of the guy you're giving up. Yeah, and so, um,
0: but yeah, we got in that trade we got Puig who was basically just a rest of the year rental, um, and then Scott Moss and Logan Allen who were both top pitching prospects and neither of them ended up working out with us. So we DFA'd Logan Allen and I think Scott Moss became a minor league free agent and we let him go.
1: Yeah. But they were both interesting and and worthwhile to, I don't, I hate using the word rehabilitate when it comes to a prospect, but to, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I mean, Logan Allen
0: had a legitimate chance in the system. I mean, we gave him a starting rotation spot last year to start the year. He just couldn't, couldn't take advantage of it. So,
1: it may still somewhere else. So, but yeah, it, so but. Victor
0: Nova was in the Bauer trade. He was the last guy we got in that trade. So, And he's currently a double A. I mean, I don't know if he'll ever end up being anything,
1: but... We shall see. Yep, he's a he's an infielder
0: at Akron. So,
1: um, Before we go down another trade trade, <laughs> we should move along to the corner cupboard. Yes. So yes, let's finish off our basically top
0: five by both talking about our pitching prospects in the corner cupboard.
1: Sounds good to me. So
0: let's, I'll let you start since uh, last week, our last podcast, it wasn't quite as a celebratory mood for you. This time it is.
1: Yes. So Jack Leftwich is the pitcher that I have selected for this season in the corner cupboard. He made one start, but pitched 12 innings because he's been kind of used in a hybrid role so far this year. 0.75 ERA. <laughs> he struck out um, 37.7 percent of batters faced good for a 15 strikeouts per nine pretty swanky walked one guy gave up seven hits one earned run just a sensational two weeks struck out 17 don't forget that just i think it might have been if not the highest certainly among the highest total from the org in the week the two weeks yeah other than uh probably hunter gaddis who is nuts (laughs) but
0: um he also had a career high ten strikeouts his last appearance. I mean that's insane.
1: He's been nothing but great so far this year. Cleveland's had one
0: guy this year go ten strikeouts, and it was our former Cy Young winner. So the fact mm-hmm. that we have been getting so many guys get ten strikeouts in a start at the in the minors that's exciting. Um, and then uh, my boy, uh, Mister uh, Baby Kershaw, Will Dion, in two games started he pitched 10 innings, and struck out 16 and allowed one hit with three walks and did not allow a run. So absolutely flat-out dominant.
1: Yeah. Just – I will say this.
0: (laughs) Both of our uh, corner-covered guys were college pitchers drafted in the 2021 MLB draft and they both are currently at Lynchburg. I think it's time for a promotion for both.
1: And I, it, yeah, I, it's I think interesting. Ready. It will be interesting actually to see since there are two guys who look like they could handle the next level. What they end up doing because
0: there have been, I mean, Lynchburg has a, a rotation that is basically all of the college pitchers. That they didn't use in Lake County from that draft. Um, and they are just feasting at the, the low, at the at the single A level. So it's time to start giving them more of a challenge. I, am I am all aboard the promote Jack Leftwich and Will Dion trade or uh, train.
1: I'm hopping on to you then.
0: Let's go. All right. Speaking of promotions, my position player corner cupboard guy, Will Brennan, he did it. He was the first, I would say, non-org guy promotion in Cleveland system that was not a Triple A to Columbus type promotion, um, and he went from Double A AA to Triple A. So uh, he has just been incredible all season, well deserved, um, and he is already hitting the ground running uh, at Triple A. I'd tell you about league average, if not a little lower, but um, so far two, in the past two weeks, 238 with 289 on base, 405 slugging. He hit a home run, a triple, two doubles, eight runs batted in, three walks, six strikeouts, two stolen bases. So 87 WRC plus. So not his best two week stretch, but uh, it does include his, I would say about four or five games that he's now played at AAA where he is still. Feeling it out a little bit, but very excited to see what he can do at the next level. Come on, it's your
1: turn, and I know you want to talk about Mr. Schneeman. I am excited to report that Daniel Schneeman, in the past two weeks, slashed 286, 422, 543, uh, WRC plus of 162. His inclusion in the top five was briefly considered, but we had so many good pitchers to talk about this week. yeah, he bounced back in a big way from the last two weeks. Managed to work some power in there with a double, a triple, and two home runs. But yeah. the nine walks, being able to get on base more than 40% of the time is sort of the cheat code if you can do it. So mm-hmm. keep on keeping on. But yeah, yeah that extra slug is great. <laughs> sure.
0: Mm-hmm. No, that's amazing.
1: So. And he was a 33rd round pick in
0: 2018. Mm-hmm. So... Oh, there you go. There's there's your one
1: level lower. <laughs> yeah, I f- feel like we had talked about someone once who was like actually a 35th round pick, which had been the last for a few years, but I can't remember. It's been a while since we got to talk about two guys who were in the, th- the 30 rounds. <laughs> so
0: Hey, that's great to hear,
1: though. Yeah, it's fun. So now we're
0: reaching uh, transaction time, and it has been a busy two weeks in the Cleveland minor league and major league system. So we'll start with, I'd say about a week and a half ago. um, Tommy Mace, who I believe was our second round compensation pick, maybe, or maybe third round pick, uh, one of those last year. um, He was placed on the seven day injured list in Lake County. So that opens up potentially a starting rotation spot for one of our corner covered guys. Daniel Johnson was traded. I forget where he went. Will Bartlett, who had been hitting very well at uh, low A or, I guess, regular single A Lynchburg, hit the injured list with a right hamstring injury. Uh, outfielder Alex Free Planez was activated from the injured list in Lake County. Um, this one's interesting. You remember we, re- we acquired Luis Oviedo from the Pirates. Yes. Because they DFA'd him. So we had to add him to our 40-man roster um we did but then we we also DFA would him but he cleared and he is uh back so he's not on the the 40 man but he is in the Cleveland system still i was a little nervous about that but he made it through um a couple other so he yeah he cleared waivers and he is still back with Akron right now um in terms of other promotions so we had Will Brennan get promoted from double A AA to AAA. We also had a left-hand pitcher Tim Heron get promoted to Columbus from Akron, and Kevin Kelly was promoted. Another reliever was promoted to Columbus from Akron. So Tim Heron, Kevin Kelly, keep an eye on those guys. They have actually been very good relievers in Akron. So we'll see if they can keep that up at the Columbus level because we're always looking for more relievers. We can always use a little extra help uh, in the bullpen. This one was a little surprising. Robert Broom got sent down to Akron from Columbus. He has been struggling a little bit. Um, Justin Garza, who was a member of Cleveland's bullpen for a little bit last year, uh, was activated from the injured list in in Columbus. And... um, we had two players get released: uh, Jake Meadnick and Zach Draper, two uh, relief pitchers. So they were at the like Akron slash Columbus level. So it'll be interesting to see uh, who comes in and kind of fills those roles a little bit. But yeah, like I said, very very busy um, transaction times in Cleveland.
1: Well, I believe then. This brings us to the end of the podcast Except um, I have brought A piece of poetry by a man named E.E. E. Gamings if, if I may read it oh, Do tell <coughs> It's a dugout of duty A desert Of parenthood It's a place Of cheerfulness And a clubhouse of love It's a low park Chiefly It's a hard zone. In theaters this fall, this film is not yet rated.